Hello, and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on December 13th, 2020, for the third Sunday of Advent, and it's based on Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, every year, Gallup Inc., the American-based research and consulting company, publishes an assessment of mental health in America. It's a fact-based, insightful way to get a finger on the pulse of how people are feeling. Now, I realize Gallup is based in America, and all the stats are taken from Americans, we are living in Canada. That's not exactly going to be representative of who we are, but I don't think it's going to be very far off from what our experience is here in the North. So how do you suppose our collective mental health has fared these last 12 months? Spoiler alert, it's in the can. Nearly every statistical category demonstrated a sizable decline in people who feel excellent in mental health. Let me translate. This may not mean that every person you meet is suffering from crippling depression, although that is on the rise. It does mean that more and more people don't feel quite right. Maybe you're one of them. Maybe this year has seen you more blue than you've ever felt before. Maybe you've discovered anxieties you never thought you'd have. You're not eating. You're not finding enjoyment in the things you used to. Maybe if you weren't feeling depressed before this, seeing these numbers and statistics is getting you closer. Well, have no fear. We read the answer to our mental health woes in our first lesson for today. It's just two words long. All Paul says is rejoice always. It's that easy. Don't worry. Be happy. It's as simple as that. All your problems are solved. Let's go into 2021 with a smile on our faces. If only... You know, I'll admit that the first word that I wrote as I was preparing for this sermon was how, followed quickly by three question marks. How can Paul say this to people who are anything but happy? And maybe more to the point, how could we ever do what he's asking us to do? For three commands in a row, Paul says, rejoice 
always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. That, that's easy to do when life is good. It's easy to be happy when you're healthy, wealthy, and spending Christmas with family. It's not so easy when you're sick, poor, or alone. How can you possibly pray continually? You can't go through life with your eyes closed, head bowed, and hands folded. You'd run into walls and stumble down the stairs. And you can't possibly suggest that there is always a reason to be thankful. Hello, we're in a global pandemic. People are sick and dying. Businesses are closing. Some may be forever. Christmas is canceled. How can Paul say, rejoice always and expect that to work? Well, I think it would be helpful for us to take a step back for a second and to remember who Paul's audience was. These were Christians living in Thessalonica in what is now modern-day Greece. In the introduction to his letter, Paul references severe suffering that they were experiencing. They may not have had to wear masks everywhere, but, but they were under intense persecution for their faith. They were specifically targeted and suffered far more acutely than anything we're dealing with today. And to them, Paul still said, rejoice always. There are reasons to be thankful in every circumstance. Paul himself wrote to them, in spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy given by the Holy Spirit. They could be thankful for the message of salvation by grace in Jesus, which came to them by faith through the Holy Spirit. In other words, God sent Paul to preach the good news to them, and they were thankful for it. Not only that, but Paul goes on, And so you have become a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. They could be thankful for their role in sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, with others. There is a way to be constant in prayer. Of course you don't have to have your eyes closed hands folded and head bowed in order to pray to God, all you have to do is speak to him from the heart. I had an old friend who, who, used to say, who used to say that to me every time I would visit her. You know, Pastor, I talk to God all the time. Don't think of prayer as a customer service line you only call when there's something wrong. Think of it like leaving your heart on speakerphone. Maintaining a constant, albeit semi-conscious, connection with God all the time. You can rejoice always, because true joy can't be crushed by any circumstance. The kind of joy, gratitude, and connection with God that Paul talks about here, they don't come from circumstance. They come from the Spirit of God who speaks to us through the word of God. I referenced the Gallup 
poll before that indicates that nearly every statistical category of people experienced a sizable decline in those who said they were in excellent mental health this year. But what I didn't mention was that there was one exception that actually saw an increase in excellent mental health in the year 2020. And you know who that was? It's those who worship weekly. It's no accident that Paul follows his three commands by saying, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God wants you to be joyful, thankful, and faithful. And the way God gets you there is through his gospel in word and sacrament, the exact things that we focus on in weekly worship. That's why, despite increased restrictions, we're still committed to holding in-person worship and constantly improving our live stream technology so that you can receive the joy and gratitude God gives you in his word. That's why Luther explains God's third commandment by saying that we should fear and love God, that we do not despise preaching and, and his word, or as Paul says here, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but regard it as holy and gladly hear and learn it. God wants the joy of his promises to be yours. But we stifle the Spirit when we don't gladly hear God's word. Are you depressed? The first question a pastor asks is, how is your devotional life? It's kind of like the spiritual version of, are you sure it's plugged in? I can speak from personal experience that the times that I have been the most depressed in my life have been the times that I've been the worst at reading the Bible for a personal devotion. It's not a cure-all, but I would say that almost without fail, it is one of the most common issues. Are you joyless? I would ask, what are you consuming? Melancholy music makes for melancholy people. Agitated news reports make for agitated people. Aggravating social media posts make for aggravated people. You really are what you eat or read or, or listen to. Now that's not to say that social news or entertainment media are inherently evil, but they're not exactly neutral either. They have a profound impact on us, body, mind, and spirit. That's why God wants you to go through life with both eyes open, or as Paul says to the Thessalonians, test them all. In other words, be discerning. Ask yourself, am I stoking the spirit in my life who wants me to be joyful, thankful, and faithful by reading scriptures regularly? Or am I stifling him by ignoring them? The bad news is that oftentimes we rob ourselves of the ability to be happy. The good news is that God is the one who has the power to give us joy. That's why Paul finishes his letter by saying, 
May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Paul calls him the God of peace. You know, at Christmas we often call Jesus the Prince of Peace. When the angels announced his birth, they said to the shepherds, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus is the one who brings us peace with our God in heaven. Even when you despise preaching and God's word, Jesus still loves you. When you close off communication with God by failing to pray continually, Jesus persistently speaks his word of promise to you. When you rob yourself of joy, Jesus gives you the greatest reason of all to rejoice. He has made peace for you with God. He has forgiven all your sins by his holy, precious blood and innocent suffering and death, including all those self-inflicted wounds. No outward circumstance can crush the joy of our salvation. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus. No pandemic, no restrictions, no personal mental health struggles can separate you from God's love for you in Jesus. And Paul promises you, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. God is the one who will sanctify you through and through. God is the one who will keep your whole spirit, soul, and body blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, being joyful, thankful, and faithful, that's a process. In this life, you'll have setbacks. The life of a Christian is not linear. You take one step back for every two forward. You, you could find yourself in a cycle, endlessly repeating the same steps over and over again, and that can be frustrating. But Paul reminds us that while the life of a Christian is a process, the final product is in God's hands. And he is faithful. And he will do it. When Jesus comes again, not at Christmas, but at the end, you will be found blameless. Not because you're always able to keep a smile on your face or your mental health in excellent condition, but because you're forgiven and redeemed in Christ. When Jesus comes again, you won't have to fear a strained relationship with God because no matter how many times you've strayed or wavered, God is always faithful to you. When Jesus comes again, you will be completely, entirely, wholly, in body, mind, and spirit, free from every anxiety, doubt, depression, and fear. On that day, you will be happy truly and eternally happy, just as God wants you to be. God is faithful, and he will make it happen. Until that day, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in every circumstance. God gives you reasons to be joyful, thankful, and faithful every day. 
from the daily bread of his loving providence to the word of promise, where he reminds you of his gracious forgiveness. Sure, this side of heaven, it'll take work. You'll have to be discerning and walk through this life with both eyes open all the time. You will have setbacks, but the God of peace will see it done because he is forever faithful to you through his son, the Prince of Peace born at Christmas, who is coming again. And so we say, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen.